during World War II, in my hometown, everybody wanted to help the war effort. They didn't throw their money away on foolish things like food, rent, and clothing. Everybody in my home bought something worthwhile, something you could get a hold of and call your own. Everybody in my home bought a jackass. Everybody, even the little bitty kids, they had an ass of their own. Preacher's wife had the biggest ass in town. I know, because I rode her big ass all the time. Biggest ass ever been on. You can see the muscles in her big ass. Sometimes my ass would sweat and I'd slip right off her big sweat ass. I didn't have no saddle, her ass cost too much. Just like I told you, she had a husband who was a preacher. He didn't have such a bad ass himself. I rode his little narrow ass once. Boniest ass ever tried to ride. You can't ride them bony ass, you got to have some meat on your ass and get ready to ride. Get your big fat ass and high old silver. Every Sunday the preacher came to church on his ass. Congregation came to church on their ass. I hadn't been in town long. I was on my ass. <laughs> one Sunday, the preacher put his ass outside the window, came inside and started preaching. And one of the sisters in the back row was smoking weed. I was reading the gospel. And something caught fire. Something caught fire in the back pew and she jumped him out. Help! Save us! Everybody ran outside, snatched their ass and rolled off. But the Reverend, he didn't leave. He stayed in college's collection. Got kind of hot inside. They figured his ass might get scorched outside. So he took a long running jump and jumped out the window to land on his ass. But someone had stole old Reverend's ass and wasn't there. The Reverend fell down in a deep hole in the ground. That's where they found him. Just go to show you, don't it? Some folks don't know their ass from a hole in the ground. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you. I want to thank you. If there's any prude here in the audience that found reason to dislike me, and I only meant to bring some happiness your way, the only way I know how, if you're going to go somewhere and tell somebody you thought I was blue, up your bucket. <laughs> Yeah.
just let them dance. We're going to find romance in the dark. Lord, in the dark, in the dark, it's just you and I. Not a sound, not a sound, it's not one sigh. Just a beat, just a beat of my. Watch a full length movie on YouTube with Mike Beagleman. Let's watch a full length movie on YouTube with Mike Beagleman. Welcome to L-W-A-F-L-M-O-I-T. Let's watch a full-length movie on YouTube with Mike Spiegelman and Carl. Hi, Carl. Hey, Mike. Looking forward to today's movie. And uh, it's a real, you know, and it's a new year. Welcome to the new year once again. Once again. I I believe this is our second show this month. Yes. Yes. Yes, Right. Fingers crossed. You are listening to us on mutinyradio.fm. Every Sunday at 2 p.m., we are sandwiched in between a full day of entertainment. Uh, Found Round Sound with Scotto is at noon Pacific Standard Time. 
Ugly Sundays. After us. After us. And that uh they usually go like four hours. It's really good. All so right. check out Muni Radio. You can go to muniradio.fm. You can subscribe to our podcast feed. Just search for the acronym L W A A F L M O I T. Yep. And also subscribe to our YouTube channel. Did I just say that? What 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 is the name of the YouTube channel? Let's L watch L W A F L M O Y T. Oh, you know sign language too, like me. Yeah. Well, someone asked me what my podcast was, and I went, "Ah!" And they punched me in the face. Uh, anyway, so we are excited. Carl is excited. We are watching a really exciting movie on YouTube. We want you to join us. Let us watch a full length movie. The movie that I read about. It's on YouTube. I'm really excited to see this one. We want you to go to YouTube. We want you to find this movie. We want you to listen to us and watch the movie at the same time. If that's too much work, just subscribe to the podcast. Carl takes care of it after our, our production. The YouTube channel. The YouTube channel. Subscribe to it. The podcast. And it is the same thing. Subscribe to the YouTube channel. I've done yeah. the hard work. Yeah. You actually listened to our podcast, which is uh, yeah. hard work in itself. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. 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 Muni Radio is, uh, you can go ahead and donate to Muni Radio at Muni Radio on Venmo. .fm? Uh, oh. They're on Discord. Carl, I would love for us to hang out on a Sunday afternoon and uh-huh. listen to our show and just take questions from Discord. On the Muni Radio Discord. We, yeah. we, 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 we listen to our show in real time and we stay, do, do we show a video of ourselves? No, we just chat. Whoa. I guess we could just chat or... I don't know how what a Discord is, but Mutiny Radio has one, and L W A F L M O Y T has its own Discord right. away from Mommy and Daddy uh, uh, Mutiny, Mutiny Radio. Radio. Yeah, mm-hmm. so you can check us out there. You can is, check us is out. Is that the one we'll be on, or will we be on Mutiny? Maybe we could tell Mutiny because I don't think Mutiny's kind of barren. So if we spend two hours on it, it's going to be there forever. Yeah, maybe we could do it. Maybe we could say, "Hey, check us out on L W A F L M O Y T Discord." Instead of the Mutiny Radio Discord. All uh, right. Well, we'll. Uh, what do? You, which one do you want to do? You want to do Mutiny because there's. The, well, we could say, "Hey, we're at Mutiny." I, I have executive decision. Let's I say do we do, we do it the first time on Mutiny, and we yeah. clog up their Discord channel with our stuff. Okay. And then yeah, yeah. Keep us start, Christine. Anyway, Carl, I'm really excited. What is the movie we are watching this week? Today we will watch Dead End 1937. Dead End okay. 1937. That's what you put in the YouTube search engine. I don't need to tell you how to spell Dead or End or 1937 even. But the channel we like is The Immortal Sun. I was just telling Carl, like, these names on YouTube, they're getting a little cocky. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think well, we're reaching prime names. If the sun is immortal, does that mean that the father will not, no. was not immortal and the and the yeah. son's kid will not be immortal. Yeah. So it's and then, the right. son. Yeah, his kid is probably like a million years old right now. Yeah. What no, if you were immortal now? That would suck. You would miss decades of centuries of like enjoyable life. Oh now. yeah, we missed all the good stuff. Oh, I'm immortal stuff. now. What? Right before the apocalypse? Fuck. That's why I like if someone says you could be immortal, I'm like, yeah. Yeah, yeah. it's too late. Too late. I, I, I... Uh, sure, for 1600s. Okay, well, imagine how boring it's going to be when the like world destroys itself, like when we are extinct, and you're still around. What? Oh, what a bummer! 
Well, you can finally catch up on your TV shows. <laughs> <laughs> if there's TV. Oh, God, that'd be horrible. Oh, what a horrible thought. Okay, so we want you to go type in Dead End 1937. Fine. Yeah. The Immortal Sun is hosting the movie. Click the link, hit pause, move your timer to zero, zero, zero. We're really excited. Carl has interviewed a celebrity comedian. And yes. that celebrity comedian is going to tell a little bit about his or her life, their life. And then uh, they're going to do the celebrity comedian countdown. And when they say go, you're going to hit the button. Give you a couple of minutes, find the movie, get yourself ready, meet a new person. Carl, take it away. <laughs> right. <laughs> Stand by, we're having technical difficulties. With your <laughs> Don't bogart the Humphrey, dude. <laughs> Wait, we're seconds away from that. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Celebrity Comedian Countdown, this time with... Alex Grubard! Hello! Hey, I'm Alex. How are you guys? Thanks for having me, Carl. So we see each other out there on the comedy scene, some open mics, some shows and stuff, but I'm wondering if you're a relocated Philly comic. I am in, in one way or the other. It depends how you're asking. I did live in Philadelphia for almost seven years. Uh -huh. before moving to Jersey City, New Jersey, which is where I live now, where we're the, the epicenter of where we're running into each other. Yes. It's the epicenter of the tri-state area, Jersey City. Everybody Certainly. knows that. Uh, you know, Newark thinks they're above us. And New York City, they're down to fifth, I think. It goes Jersey City, Newark, Philly, Long Island, New York. That's how I see things. <laughs> but, That's a unique perspective. Well, I'm a unique guy. I see the world through rose-colored glasses out here. <laughs> the town I live in is the coolest. Yeah, yeah I do. City. But I do love it. Yeah, I mean, I love Philly, too. I lived in Philly for almost seven years. It was phenomenal. What a town. You're definitely a for-real-ass comedian who is in the clubs. I mean, you're a regular on the circuit of, what, helium, uh punchline wisecrackers so you're out there and one of the things i wanted to highlight about your career is an extremely successful show it has toured the country and this is weeding out the stoned it's like a game show there's like yeah. one person who's not stoned i'm seeing here portland oregon seattle washington san francisco where we're broadcasting out of la buffalo tell me about uh weeding out the stone how did it happen What's it all about? Where are we going to be next? Uh, Weeding Out the Stone is the game show of sobriety tests. Like you said, it's a pack of comics. They're all high but one. We play a series of sobriety test games, and after each game, the audience eliminates somebody they think is high to try and leave the sober person left at the end. Uh -huh. and everybody wins prizes. So, yeah, it is a game show. I mean, at the time, living in Philly, there were a lot of um, – I started the show in 2015 – but I had started other game shows like the year before. I did this show called Curses, the game show of swears, obscenities, and censorship. Uh -huh. I did another show called Electile Dysfunction that was an entire political season inside of 90 minutes. So it was like, you know, you, an you announce your candidacy over the internet, you make a campaign video, the show happens, we air the campaign video, they come out, they make speeches, throwing their hat in the ring, then, uh -huh. you know, we do a debate, we do questions, then they go out, we do a vote, then they come out and do concession speeches and victory speech. It was, uh, like, uh, not, both of those shows were fun, and they would start to get a little press, like local press, um, but then we did Weeding Out the Stone, and it was just like, oh, this is an instant hit. This was, yeah, we're instantly selling out. Um, 
how that all those kinds of shows happen. So a lot of people were doing gimmicky shows, like high concept, quote unquote, talk shows, game shows, variety shows. Right. And these two people like um, Kate Bamford and Aaron Evans, they uh, decided to throw a festival. Like I said, they just, they just happened. And so they threw a festival called $5 Comedy Week. And it was 30 brand new shows. Every show is $5 for a week. So like four shows a night. Gotcha. So, you know, I did like these things are happening around that time. The third $5 comedy week is when I pitched Weeding Out the Stone. Because truth is, I also realized as a guy who had lived in New York as a, you know, 22 year old, I'm like, these festivals don't just fall out of the sky like this. That's like a really cool, fun thing. You can make, they give you a percentage of the door. It's in this town I live in. I don't have to travel and it costs nothing to submit. So yeah. I was like, I'm just going to submit all the time. And not, and really, I mean, I'm not kidding. I just was in the bathroom. Every time I was in the bathroom, I'm just rattling off show <laughs> ideas to them, just firing them off on my phone. I'm just like, ratemyprofessor.com, the show, you know, the Tumblr show, the Twitter show, whatever. And so, like, I mean, million little ideas like that. Um, and it was super fun. I thought it was so fun to, like, think of them, you know, world's strongest magician, you know, just whatever. Yeah. Throw something at the wall. Because they even did things that were, like, the bit show where it would be like a series of shorter shows, okay. so like a 10 minute show, then a nine minute show, then an eight minute show. And so sometimes like I would one time just submitted like the Philadelphia Eagles. It was just like guys in uh, Eagles jerseys playing Eagle Eagles songs. Okay. And, wow, you know, that's interesting. Exactly. So it's like a lot of bits. I did a bit uh, that I actually turned into a weeding out the stone game. It was a, a bit show. It was like a three minute show. It was called helium comedy club. Helium was a big club in Philly is still, but it was just uh, comics take some helium. They just like you know, <laughs> suck in helium and then tell a joke. Helium Comedy Club. <laughs> so it was like, and there were tons of shows like that. There was, so the bit show was always like, it doesn't even have to be a real show. You don't have to do it for an hour. You can do the thing on this other thing for two minutes. And we're yeah. just a gag. It's a bit part of the weeding it's out the joke. stone. And then it becomes, a, and then I got, you know, thinking things like that. I got better at thinking of games and writing a run of show and writing at writing a press kit and putting all these things out so you can actually book venues. And, you know, I think having your own show, even I think of it like having my own TV show, even though it's mm -hmm. obviously not on TV and, and not for nothing. It's hard. <laughs> it's hard to put a huge production on, essentially a big production that's being filmed for nothing. But, yeah. you know, yeah. you figure it out, DIY or die, <laughs> you know. It's because um, you love it. I love it. I mean, I love the game show thing. I think they're super fun. At the time, around all this time was going on, I definitely had this thought in my head of like, what is a, since the internet is getting bigger and streaming platforms and et cetera, and this is seven, eight years ago I'm talking about, I was like, well, what's a show that just because of what it is, it can't air on television, it has to air on the internet. So I was like, yeah. a show about curse words, you uh -huh. know? And then I kind of got to, yeah, a show about marijuana, you know, about cannabis and that kind of stuff. Like I said, it was an instant hit, and I had already been doing game shows like once a month, like all year. So then I was just like, insert weeding out the stone and did this monthly slot at this venue. Only got bigger and bigger, you know. It was it was nuts. So yeah, that's weeding, and weeding's still going. You know, yeah. I've got a show December third in New York City, and I'll go on tour again next April, and you know, all that kind of stuff. April seems to be the month for it, right? April, April is, is the, the weeding out the stone month. It has been. 
you like it's kind of one of those like i can't do enough shows in april and then like may is like fine by the summer honestly like college kids are like home and it's a little like it's not our season but then back in the fall it's pretty good um but april it just builds to april (laughs) it's like uh it's ridiculous now you mentioned helium it's a huge club but it's also where you recorded your comedy special. They invited you to do it. Let me <laughs> yeah. teach you how to distill gin. What a weird title. <laughs> you how to distill gin. Was, is that a bit of yours, or how did that become yeah. the title of it? Yeah, that's a joke of mine, and I just uh, thought it would be – I was, you know, talking to another comic and, like, throwing ideas for the title at him, and, I, you know, it's a good buddy of mine that was like the only one he liked <laughs> out of the titles Perfect. i think i was probably trying to be a little too um oh i kind of almost wish i ri- wish i titled it just gin <laughs> or something yeah. Or, yeah or whatever i don't know because it is long but it's Let yeah you the distilled gin now it's it's Who regularly cares? played on sirius xm what yeah. what what are the what channel is it on uh so, the comedy Again, yeah, I mean, I forget exactly. There's like five of them. There's Comedy USA, and I have some tracks that are explicit and some that aren't. But uh-huh. it's like the way that that works, from my understanding, is like there's Raw Dog, there's Comedy yes. USA. Raw Dog does, they will play dirty stuff. Comedy USA doesn't. There's a couple of others, I think. Mm-hmm. I think there's five um, that play comedy regularly. And they do things like seasonally sometimes. So like I have some college stuff that I think gets played around the college like going back to college stuff mm-hmm. so i went back to college you know yeah. uh, we got a lot of material on that and that stuff is pretty clean so like i've got you know it's like a third of my track is kind of explicit and the rest is pretty clean okay now alex grubard g-u-g-r-u-b-a-r-d g-r-u-b-a-r-d alex grubard.com you can follow me on twitter instagram at alex grubard i'm alex grubard on like everything, everything. Uh, yeah, I've got, you know, a link tree, all that kind of stuff. But if you just go to alexgubrod.com or find me on Instagram, you'll probably find everything pretty easily for just straight up me. And then there's weedingoutthestone.com and there's a Weeding Out the Stone account for like also everything. You can follow me or Weeding Out the Stone on Bands in Town even and find Uh out when I've got shows for either one. Um, there's, you know, I've got just accounts out there with just pretty straightforward. But if there's one place. Is it alexgrubard.com? Uh, alexgrubard.com, I'd say. Yeah, yeah. Okay. And you'll yeah. find everything else there. Yeah, all my social media are like there. And yeah, yeah, totally. Okay. Now, Alex Grubard, everyone at home is poised to press play at the exact same time we do here in the studio. We're all going to watch this YouTube movie together. So why don't you go ahead, Alex Grubard, and give us that celebrity comedian countdown? All right, all right, here we go. All right, thanks for having me, by the way. Guys, get ready. Three, two, one, go. Thank you, Celebrity Comedian, for the Celebrity Comedian Countdown. Thank you, Samuel Goodwin, for presenting this film. Now, this isn't Goldwyn Mayer era. This is before the merger. This is before Mayer. Samuel Goldwyn was completely active on this film, producing it. Samuel Golden Miner. Well, you know, there's a Samuel Golden Production Movie House. Like, there's uh-huh. a, a, movie, um, a production company called Samuel Goodwin, I believe. You see how Humphrey Bogart was listed first? Yeah. Yeah, that means we're watching not the first release. When the first release came out, 
uh, Claire, I forget her name. She's not in front of me right now. She was, she had top billing, uh, and it was not cool. So they fixed it in later releases. What, he became like a superstar two seconds later, and they're like, well, oh, shit. I mean, yeah, he had already been a superstar. Um, uh, he he had done a he had done another film. It's not right in front of me right now, but he had done another film in which he was a gangster, and so they just said, "Hey, he'd be good for this," and he just got it because it was easy. He had already had some success. Okay, here's our. We stayed New York and in the river for many of the, the years. The dirty banks of the East River was lined with the tenements of the poor. Then the Ritz, discovering the river traffic was picturesque, moved into the houses eastward. I said it right, picturesque. Picturesque. And now the terraces of these great apartment houses look down in the windows of the tenement poor. That's well, not a very good job of gentrification if you get to look down at the tenement poor. Maybe that's what you want. Like you look down, you literally look down on the poor. Well, you'll see in this film, they literally look down on the poor. Now, what we're seeing right now is an extremely elaborate movie set. Interesting. They built those flannels? Yeah, they were going to be, they were going to do this, of course, on location in Manhattan. You see, this started as a play. So, okay. you you know, but what we're looking at right now, it really, that's a painting in the background. It oh. really is a, a big lot. Now, this lot would get... Uh, they would throw uh, garbage. You see how clean it looks right now? Ish, yeah. Well, the thing is, uh, Mayor would walk around. Goldwyn Mayor would walk. Uh, oh, look at them. There's the pants and pants. Good old Sam. Yeah, he would say, like, clean up this set. And the director's like, it's a slum. So every night he would go and clean it up himself personally. And he insisted that the opening. This guy is sleeping on the wrong side of the docks. <laughs> not the tracks, the docks. Yeah, like it's you can tell this is a miniature because there's a Lionel train behind it. That's now a big building. Richie Rich apartment building, and to the in front of him where he's walking is like a tenement building. Wait, didn't Richie Rich have a friend who's like his little poor friend? I I read I a lot remember. of Richie Rich, but I don't remember that. All I remember is Jackie Joker. Is that a problem? <laughs> he, had, he had a comedian friend. Pory poor. Pory poor. <laughs> the poor little poor boy. Rich okay, boy. so now we're going to get a little slice of life in the poor people tenement thing. And now this, this, oh, hey, watch it. I'm throwing, I'm going through garbage here. Oh, there's Oscar. Now he's going to pretend that a bug gets on him. And oh, we'll wow. see, the, really see real life bugs later. Oh, here's the rich contrast. Oh, that's their aquarium. Well, I no, think it's a bird it's a cage. Bird. Yeah. Get it, Carl? It's a it's they're in a prison. Now look how they Gilded literally cage. look down on the tenements. Yeah. Now that's a bad balcony as an example because it's so low to the ground, but they'll get into a scuffle with the rich boy there. Now hey. who will? Who will? The dead end gang! Now, one of the reasons why I was really excited to see this movie is because the Dead End Gang made about, I don't know, 150 million movies. Uh, they and made, yeah, 60. Different, mm -hmm. Yeah, and there was like 60. And 60 it's, movies it's, in 20 years. Yeah, well, I remember there was like a fake one and then one that would have one of the originals. Like, there's a couple of people in this yeah, movie. It, it broke off. There was three groups there were the dead end there were four there was the dead end kids we're seeing them right now we'll see right. them in eight movies 
the little tough guys, the East Side Kids, and the Bowery Boys. So they went Bowery through the phases. Now this guy right here, the little yes. jughead, he's like in every single one, right? Like yeah, he's he's a the lot glue. He is well. Spit is the glue, and to his left there is Dippy, and he's glue too. If you don't have those two, one of those two, you might as well not make a Bowery Boys movie. What I what fascinates me about the Bowery Boys is that it's just like funny broad slapstick. You know, it's it's fifty minutes of your comedy pals fucking around. Right. But it was based on this really serious play that we're watching right now. Yeah. yeah. This is the first one. Uh oh. That's just uh, a new kid who moved in. This kid here is TJ. He's one of the coolest ones. I want you to meet my kid, Samuel That's Goodwin Jr. Treat him right. <laughs> That's Milty. Um, All right. Spit it. Okay. Sitting down, hanging in the middle of, you know, he's getting his pointed at right now. Yeah. That's Dippy. Um, and then, now he didn't play Spit in the Broadway play, but. Okay, I'll just tell you, Spitz's name is Leo Gorsi, and he's one of the faces you see all the time. And all the other the one time. was Hunts Howe. Hunts Howe. Hunts Howe, that's right. He was the big one, too. Like, that yes. guy, like, if he wasn't in it, it's no point. Right. You needed to have one of those two. The other yeah. ones were familiar faces, but less so. Carl, I, uh, I was listening to the commentary track on Surf 2, The Vinegar Syndrome, and okay, one of the people who wrote the, uh, the punk rock movie guide – yeah. Was saying that they liked the the surfers because they reminded them of the Bowery Boys. Oh, interesting. And I was like, that's kind of the sentiment I was trying to express. Like they look like kids, like I would want to look like, you know, like of a cool kid. Right. Yeah. Cool and poor. Well, even like a little girl got her hat sideways. She came up with that. Now you know the kid in Charlie Chan, the little kid. Yeah. He, he the... will appear in this. Now, I don't think he's the one sitting in the... Okay, here's Richie Rich. Richie Rich. Yeah, and what we're seeing is he's just a regular kid. He doesn't want to drink this crappy milk either. Mwah. Mwah. And she's like, speaking French, Junior! She's like a teacher more than a mom. She's like... Doesn't she have to like help the rebel fight Darth Vader? No, because of her hair. Their hair. Okay, now we are meeting one of our main characters, okay? She is, um, well, in the thing, she's Drina Gordon. This is Sylvia Sidney, and okay. she, you might know her from Beetlejuice if you look at her face. She was top-filled until Bogart got all pissy. <laughs> no. Oh, really? Is that no, right? I don't know. I don't know. No, I don't think I don't so. No, she she had a great long career. I'm just saying in our Who world. Was she, so was she a dead person? Was she the grandparents? Yeah. In the afterlife, she was like um, a caseworker explaining, okay. okay, you two are dead. Remember she had that gravelly voice? That was from all the smoking. Yeah. Like, you know, she has a beautiful, pretty voice. Uh, she had dozens of leading roles in the 30s. Um. And then less so as the years went on. But then she would, um, she would end. She was in the pilot of WKRP in Cincinnati. She was on Fantasy Island. She was in Mars Attacks. You remember the woman who was like, "They killed Congress." <laughs> That's her. Oh, very nice. Uh, Tim Burton likes her. Here yeah, we go. A little alleyway talk. Carl, you remember when we would hang out in the fire extinguishers and yell at each other across the 
Hey, Carl, how's it going? And our neighbors were like, will you guys shut up? Use the phone. <laughs> we'll get a lot of that in this film. We won't get the shut up part. We'll just get the nice, we're all connected as a community. Now look, that's rival girlfriend. Rival girlfriend. They're talking about Dave. Dave missed you last night. Yes, I came in late, I did. I tell you, I came in very, very late, I did. Then she's looking at rival girlfriend. Well, she went out with that rich woman. Oh, no. Hey, hey what do you say? It's your turn for buggy pushing. I've been buggy pushing all afternoon. I tell you, Mike, I tell you, Mike, you gotta let him hear the voice. You gotta let him hear the voice every now and again, you see? Oh, yeah, you're right. Oh, absolutely. Who's that new kid over there? Hey. Yeah. I loved you at Brick. You were great at Third Rock for the Sun. <laughs> Joseph Levitt. You got it all wrong in Newsies, see? Yeah. Make it louder a for the audience. Make it louder. All right, all right. Yeah, yeah. So Studio like, problem. If you want to be in the gang, you got to give us a quarter. He's like, all I have is three cents. You want to blow this guy? I gotta have a quarter. You gotta have a quarter, Steve. You're all late. She wouldn't give me no quarter. Well, you know what? She keeps that stuff, don't you? You could steal it. He goes, forget it. You guys agree. Go on with you. Hey. You know how much three cents is worth? Three cents in 1937 is worth in 1937. Oh, they did the old leapfrog trick. Yeah. Yeah. Always have an audience. Now, look, he's throwing garbage on him. Now, who's watching? The evil what developers? It's Humphrey Bogart. What, that little guy? That little shrimp there? Hey, it's great. I'm back in the OZ, back in the neighborhood. Now she's yeah. Like, get off. Get off. She's the good one defending. Now, that's her little brother. You think it's funny? You think it's funny? Lady, you're scaring me to death. Is he Italian? No. You? It's me. Don't look at me. You? Yeah, give it back to him. Yeah. Yeah, spit. Come on. Yeah, come on. Give it back to him, spit. Spit it up, spit. Now, you see how physical? I mean, it was a different time. You don't just go around being in people's face, pushing them, smacking. It's not just because it was a movie. You think, well, I mean, like, they're hotheads. They're teenage hotheads. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I'm just saying it's much different than, I, I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe thugs would be doing that to each other. I don't know. You know, it's strange. We've watched movies like uh, uh, Street People, and that took place in present day. Yes. And if you remember, there was a guy sitting on the pier in Sausalito or what have you, and uh, Roger Moore comes up from behind and grabs the gun he happened to have lying on the pier. Yep. One of two guns. And it's one of those moments where you're like, do we really carry guns like that in the 70s? <laughs> or just in the movies, you know? And yeah, I, I right, see that with right. the violence, too. Like, Now, this is Dave. And Dave, we've seen a lot on L-W-A-F-L-M-O-Y-T. He was in The Most Dangerous Game... Oh, really? He was the hero, and he, we just saw in Come and Get It last episode. That's right. Yeah, well, that, I remember him from the most dangerous game. He was game. the son, uh, yeah, who, yeah. The, who, who fell in love with uh, the 
Francis Farmer. That's right. Come and get it. Come and get it. All they're saying here is like, why didn't you come out and meet this rich girl? I want you to meet her. You know, I was telling her all about when we were kids. Now, it's not implied really that she's a girlfriend. Uh, But, you know, I mean, it's heading that way. Right now, we're just learning about how poor she is, how she's in a union, how they're picketing. Oh, there's rich girl. She just blew a kiss. Yeah, rich girl is not interesting in real life. Um, Her name's Wendy Berry. Hey, Burton, she's playing rich girl. And she was a British uh, film actress. She was in American things, but she was mostly British and He's been moving Other... into American neighborhoods, gentrifying it, kicking it out the the neighborhood. Oh yeah, we got the pier. We could go swimming. Yeah. Now they go into the Hudson River. Uh, are we on? No, I think we're on the east. Where this is Manhattan. I mean, it's not really New York, but well, yeah. But we're definitely in a real place in Manhattan. Uh, I'll come back to where we are. I think it's the East River. He is talking now. This is Babyface, not Babyface Nelson, right? right? It's Babyface Martin. And you know they did it because of Babyface Nelson. Also, Humphrey Bogart. I mean, he's a classic gangster. Why not call him Babyface? He, he looks yeah. insanely young, too. Well, Let's I... Let see if I can get his voice going, because I can't believe it's him. Second door. Tell the old lady there. A friend wants to see her. Okay, working okay. He's such a strange, act, strange actor, you know? Like... He, he doesn't look like he connects to people at all. I know, and it kind of, I don't know, it was... Yeah, people like... died young, too. He went yeah. away. Uh, he was like 58 or something weird. Let me, I'll look it up here. He does the Vince Vaughn mumble. He does like the kind of Mae West mumble, the WC. Like, his cadence is off for movies. See, he had just done this other gangster movie, and that's why they picked him. Now, the Maltese Falcon hasn't come yet. That's going to oh, make him that's the big one. Yeah. Oh, and, and wasn't Casablanca the same year? Um, 39, actually. No, I doubt it. No, I don't think so. Oh, 41. Think High Sierra was 45. 41. The Maltese Falcon was 41. And, he, okay. you know, he became a superstar from that. Um, 46 was the big – where is – it's probably 45. They probably rushed it out at the end of the war. Right. I don't remember. Who knows? But it was definitely not now because he wasn't that big actor yet. These. I guess I didn't write it down because I figure he's... Everybody knows him, you know? Yeah, of course. Okay, so what he's got, we're learning here is Babyface was out west doing his crimes and he's he had plastic surgery and he's decided to come back here one more time before he's going off uh to back to the west to see his mom and to see his old girlfriend that is his thug by the way the guy he just chased away yeah he's meeting dave who was like a childhood friend but not really a friend just an acquaintance one of the neighborhood kids why don't you give a listen a second Okay, let me see if I where I placed it. No, she moved away a long time ago. The remote. Well, yeah, you're getting to be quite a headliner, huh? All over the newspapers. Could you be around here? I ain't here. I'm out west. I got kind of again to see my old lady and Francie. 
You know, I ain't seen my mother. No, no, God bless Humphrey Bogart. But if this was a true Bowery Boys movie, there'd be um, no other adults talking for more than 20 seconds. But no, it would all be pranks on uh, rival gangs. Yeah. Who are you pushing? A landlord. You, you know, know how many times someone got pushed in these movies? <laughs> Bowery Boys plots would be like, my mother got ripped off. Who did it see? Ah, let's find out. I bet you it was Charlie Parker. Let's check it out. You know, and then they would go get the stuff back. And at the end of the film, see, all's well that ends well there, Satch. Yeah. No. I would have loved to have been in a movie house where they had like a 50-minute like B-movie. Like you would go and you would see Tender is the Night with, you know, everybody shit. I heard that how Hunts, yeah. You would see the main feature, but they always did that. And I was just uh, like a, like, four, five years old when they used to do that. They would show the main feature, but then they would have this like featurette thing, like a night, uh, like an, I don't know, it could be 40 minutes, 45 minutes, and then it would be a cartoon. Right. We're too, we're too young, uh, young for that, I guess. So. They, they did revivals, you know, they would do like, hey, we're doing, we're yeah. bringing back, we'll have serials and we'll have cartoons and, you know, and they still offer, like, I know the, retro houses around here they have saturday morning uh cartoons uh more you know for the kids you cool. shows hey they used to have little events too there was some good film with uh who you know roseanne's husband oh tom uh, arnold not personally no not tom arnold in in the connors you know oh dan oh uh, john goodman no not okay, personally yeah. either john goodman was in some movie in which he was like he took on a movie house and, you know, he started... Oh, Matinee, Matinee. Popcorn and, yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's a good trip back. Okay, now they're going to bother the rich kid. Let's let's listen. Okay. Oh, my God. President of the United States, can you? So what? Can you fuck Gabe even That's how much you know. We have a pool in there and an instructor. And I go and swim in every day. A pool in the house, sir? Well, no, you can't have a pool in there. Dirty. 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 He said dirty. He said dirty. I know I said dirty. Dirty. No, I didn't say dirty. I said you're dirty. I have an instructor up here and I have English lessons every day. It is dirty. Shut your dirty mouth. Don't make me speak French. Now he says, my uncle is a judge. And that's important later because the father is the brother of a judge. And we'll talk about it when it's done. Is that, hopefully it's Judge Dredd. My fingers are crossed. <laughs> no, that's... that's no uh, shit. <laughs> is Judge Dredd... Um, the British cartoon has been around for decades. Alone. Yeah, they did. They did a '90s version, and his Here's sidekick. Yeah, again, that's how Hunts How. Uh, of course, this guy right here, in New York City. Yeah, this is Dippy, and he's Dippy. one of the ones you gotta have if you're gonna have a movie. You know, I was reading. There's like one episode, one movie they did where one of the main guys was visibly drunk on on the screen. Oh well, that's no surprise. You see. Goldwyn bought the rights to this, and he loved these guys, and he flew them out to be in the movie, and he immediately regretted it because they would fuck around in the studio, <laughs> like running up and down the halls, knocking things over. Ah, it's funny. Uh. See, he immediately um, – okay, 
Uh, the boys ran wild through the studio, destroying property, crashing a truck through the wall of the soundstage. <laughs> Afterwards, Goldwyn decided not to employ the boys again and Clear sold that. their contracts to Warner Brothers. Yeah, yeah, that's right, because they did six movies as the Dedic Kids. They had this stony little film. Yeah, and then they were they weren't like individuals. They were listed, you know, the actors will be listed, and they'll be listed. The Dead Ed Kids, right? That was strange. They're not even a musical number. <laughs> not even a musical number. This one is Tommy, uh, and okay, well, he just ran away. Yeah. Okay, no so Hudson Hawk. Rich girl talks to poor. Potential boyfriend. Oh, Hello gee. there, lady. <laughs> I didn't smell your perfume when you came in. <laughs> so this was a play that ran for three years. It had almost 700 performances. Wow. And this gold Samuel Goldwyn bought it for 165000 which was so much. It was about $3 million, according to the internet today. It was huge success on Broadway. That's they, 20th Century Fox wanted it, RKO wanted it, and Samuel Goldwyn just gave him the money. Um, and he, you know, they wanted to shoot it out there, but he was dead set against it. He wanted a controlled environment and a soundstage. Actually, so it was a genuine New York. It was a, a play about the experience of New York City. Yeah, and Hollywood shot it in Hollywood. Right, exactly. Yeah. Um, William Wyler, he's our director. Wanted he? This director did Ben Hur. This director did Funny Girl. You know. Yeah, he's wild. Um, he's wild, Wyler. Oh. William Wyler wanted to do it on the streets of New York. Samuel insisted. Blah blah blah. Uh, the most convincing and elaborate sets in film history. That's an opinion. Sounds like. Yeah, sure. No one's seen Mar Super Mario Brothers. That was pretty impressive. <laughs> When producer Samuel Goldwyn visited the huge set constructed for the film, a very de detailed depiction of a New York slum, he shouted, Why do directors want these slums to be so dirty? Clean it up! He, he was eventually persuaded by the director that very few people live in a clean slum, and it would hurt the picture's credibility uh, if it was a nice place to live. So William Wyler directed the property man to litter the set with real garbage to create the appropriate slum atmosphere. The disturbed and fastidious Samuel Goldman, who would pick up the garbage after shooting, would stop for the day. Damn it, Sam. Now we've got to spread out the garbage again. Okay. The stage directions of the play indicate that Rockefeller Center can be seen in the distance. It's around 50th Street Piers of Manhattan. Now, that sounds like the west side to me, but... <clears throat> Right. It was the corner of East 53rd Street and the East River. So it is the East River. And today, it, Sutton Place South runs North East 53rd Street at the corner. Uh, now, today, it's like exit 11 of FDR Drive. I was going to say, Carl, you, you uh, being a native New Yorker, yes. a proud uh, native New Yorker who I'm rubs it in your face, you, you rub that fact in every Jersey boy's face. Right. Oh, excuse me. I was born in the in, in New York, in yes. Manhattan. I said. Manhattan. Yeah, not Brooklyn. No, the truth is, I was born in Washington D.C. and I've been a Jersey boy since I was three years old. But yes, I grew up on the mean streets of New York. That's why I'm a project manager. I was grew up in the projects. That's yeah. That's right. And you uh, had software. Uh, you so where's the Bowery and where's here right now? 
Uh, oh, in real life? Yes. Yeah, Bali is way downtown. Do you remember CBGB's? Sure. I've, so I've went there. The Bowery. So what you would do is go down Fifth Avenue. Actually, no, Washington Square is in your way. Uh, I guess you would go down like um, uh, 10th Avenue. And uh, I don't know. The Bowery is kind of over on the east side, but downtown it gets tight. So this is the east side you were saying. This is the East River. Yeah. Oh, there's the kid. He might be the kid. Or is hey, it a little rascal? Maybe I'm wrong. I didn't write it down. I think maybe he's a little rascal. Did you look see at this. Face? has like an yeah. even smaller crew. Right? Yeah, These are right. like tiny tots. That's right. Hey. They're like a tiny gang, and they're going to get kicked out of here. Get out of here. Yeah, Go yeah, find yeah. your own newspaper route. Right. You say I work dirty? Oh, I said you were working yes. dirty. See, it says um, East 53rd Street gang only on the brick. Oh, right. And those tiny tots were, like, not part of that gang. Look at how Spit is smoking a cigarette, and it's no big deal in a movie. Well, I mean, I'm transfixed every time Humphrey has a cigarette, because he does that thing where he, like, slides it out of his yeah, mouth. Yeah, And right. it just stays there. And He's with that fucking hat tilted like that, it's like every right. Bugs Bunny cartoon. <laughs> He's got this tilted... Now they're going to embarrass wanna... a lady. I wanted to order the rabbit. Yes, yes, right away, Mr. Humphrey Bogart. <laughs> he does smoke a cigarette super cool, and it, 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 the way he pulls it out of his mouth, like you said, and it, like, sticks. It's yeah, sticks. it sticks. And his lips are so thin, it's like it's, it's almost like he's doing a trick. I love black and white movies. I love the tone, like, the, the you know, everything's kind of like, this, is, this movie's kind of put together with all these sets. Yep. Maybe, like, Popeye. Do you remember that uh, Robin Williams movie? wonderful set design if that's the right term it had that weird like set design like they took over an entire island and built like this like popeye village oh sweet haven god must love us i remember that was from there i gotta rewatch that movie you're my father you got the same squinty eye <laughs> all i remember is like brutus was like a son of a bitch he was like punching everybody he was yeah, just like, was, he wouldn't even talk. He yeah. I saw that I saw that in New Jersey. Uh and uh there was a promo for Heaven's Gate. Oh. Yeah, in nineteen and Under the Rainbow. It was a classic year back then. Under the Rainbow, yeah. That was the documentary about the terrible Wizard of Oz experience, I think. It was on YouTube for a hot second, that movie. That would have been a good one. Yeah. So let I me tell you that. about Spit, right? In real yeah. life. Uh, of course, he's born in New York City in uh, 1917, uh, Russian-Jewish immigrants, vaudeville parents. Um, he was short, 4'11", 4'11". No, 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 no. The father was 4'10", the mother was 4'11", and, and, and Spit here is 5'6", which is my height. <laughs> um, so anyway, the earlier films presented Gorsi, that's his name, Leo Gorsi, um, as Spit, in the 40s, the dramatic films shifted into redneck, roughneck comedies. We already talked about this. Roughneck comedies. That's now, a nice way of putting it. Now, <laughs> his big thing was called uh, malaparisms. He would say a stupid, he would say the word wrong. Right. Well, that's know, what you, you accuse me of those malaparisms myself. Well, you just, mom, Okay. But he yeah. went on to say something like, ah, it's a clever seduction. 
that does not tire. Like, can you imagine me writing like the next script for the Bowery Boys? All right, uh, call this a glass of water and call it a day. Well, like if you would say, I reiterate, he would go, I regurgitate. You, you called me, you mentioned opposite. this on the show, Carl. You always call me out on when we shot our public access show 30 years ago, Fish yes. Burgers, where you were an alien and I had offered you a bed, yeah, place to stay, and it was the bathtub. And I don't finish my sentence and you kept that in. <laughs> yes. No, it was Dave Kennedy. You brought Dave him Kennedy. to the... You brought him to the, the bathtub and you said, I got you a nice, here, it's a warm, you meant to say like a warm, comfy bed or something, but you just yeah. stopped talking. I had to leave that in. I didn't have another cut. I remember it was a, we had a, ta- uh, a blanket in the bathtub for him. Yeah, it's a warm, I was recently thinking about that. So look, between Bogart and Dave, they keep having the like, you know, I'm, you know, I know you killed five men. You better keep your mouth shut. I can trust you. It's like he snaps at him. You better keep your mouth shut. You know, like, okay, he just found out that rich girl's going into the tenement. So he's like, oh, shit. Now, she is going to see some cockroaches. And it, I don't know, the director just didn't like it. So he got real roaches so that she would really be grossed out. Oh, cool. This guy was meticulous. He would make you do it again and again and again. And she's he's just like, no, you're disgusted. We have to see that you've rejected right. this life. I will, director, I will do it, Billy Wilder. Director Billy Wilder, I will do it. It's not Billy Wilder. Okay, now William Wilder. Here comes, here comes the garbage can. Now right. watch her face when she sees the real roaches. There's watch. real roachy. That's the oh. one you kept. That one in the Oscar. They, they, did the cockroach win an Oscar, Best Cockroach? Actually, a woman did win an Oscar in this, and she's only on the screen for one scene. It's kind of not fair. They just okay, gave no. him out. Dave saw her disgusted, and Dave's making the decision, we can't be together. We're from different worlds. It just isn't going to work out. Now, this uh, Gorski would go, he would drink a lot, um, he would abuse alcohol and he, let's see, um, the series was immediately successful. Gorski starred in four Bowery Boys films that year. The father died as a result of injuries from an automobile accident. Devastated, he began be abusing alcohol, wow. lost a lot of weight, trashed a film set in an intoxicated rage. The studio refused to grant him a pay raise he demanded, so he parted ways with the Bowery Boys and was replaced by Stanley Clements for seven films. The brother, Gorski's brother, David, stayed in the films. I do remember that. Yeah, like that was the the longest running uh, Bowery Boy. Ah, look at his Jughead hat. Really? Well, and then the Prince Valiant haircut. Yeah. This guy's got like, not a Jufro, it's like a Brainiac explosion. Oh, that's right. He's got a it is a, He's probably Jewish. Now, Gorski was also in Mad, Mad, Mad World. He right. With, uh, Hunts Hall and a bunch of low-budget films. I'm trying uh, to think if I could place him in It's a Mad, 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 Mad World. I I'm can. sure. That movie was a hit with my kid. We watched 30 minutes of it. <laughs> that's good. That's, <laughs> that's a good, good run. Yeah, that's a good run. Okay, now... This is pretty bad and good at the same time. 
They're gonna fuck this kid up, man. They really are. Are you sure the pool instructor is like right inside indoors? The pool instructor is right inside. No, he the guy's going the garage is shut down, so they have to go and get the car and bring it down here. So that's okay. who he's waiting for, his driver. Oh, COVID, COVID. I've got tuberculosis. Now check this out. We can't come. It's only for the gang. Only for the gang. See? Too bad. Don't let you see it. Well, you never saw anything like that before. Oh, I, don't I don't even care. Fuck off. I don't yeah. care. Yeah. Oh, let him in, fellas. Come on, put it up. Put it up. Come on now. Well, all right. Let him come. Come on. All right. Make it seem right. Right now, the kid wants to come. Come on. I don't know. All right. Wait, wait. I'm coming. Oh. It's right now, he finally get a friend. Really brutal. Okay, you don't have to listen now. <laughs> Look at this asshole. Look at that running. Got a good plank. I know I could get a switch. Yeah, just a piece of wood I were, was thinking of. Bogart. <laughs> uh oh, are they gonna roll out a barrel? Now look. Bogart sees his mom. My own mama. Oh, no, is he going to be a gangster with a mama's complex? Well, he just wants to say hello to his mom. He hasn't seen him since he was out of reform school. But the oh, mom no. is, I mean, it's the worst acting I've ever. You have the sound still up? Because the acting is horrible. Check it right, out. I, I still have it up. Okay. Oh, me. Baby face. Yeah. You know, little tramp. What? Tramps are ladies. That's right. Too bad to see me. Uh, maybe not. Maybe you remember the tramp that used to have his. Uh, he'd take a bandana, put his. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Bindle. Yeah. A little. I think there were tramps. And we saw a movie, Tramp, Tramp, Tramp. Right. Right. Which was, which was a Civil War song, but there was three tramps in it. At least there was one tramp. I'm really surprised at her acting. Now, the thing is, I know this director. He wanted this on purpose. He wanted her to be flat and awful, but I, I just don't think it's... Did, did she win the Oscar? Because I'll go no. and take it back. No, she... Yeah. If she had won the Oscar, we should wait until she passed away, go to her estate sale, and fucking steal it. I think the Bowery Boys has a... They definitely have a star on Hollywood. I think I it's know, Vine. But... I think it's Hollywood and Vine. I think it's I'm like sure a special. Right. No, it might be even f prior to that. I don't know. I'll have to find that. I'll let you know in the future. It's definitely out there. I've seen it. Yeah, I. Um, it's a famous I one. I wrote down a bunch of stuff about them, but I didn't catch that. No worries. I think I should go and just photograph stars of uh, people who've been in our movies. And That's a great go. idea. Yeah. I think Do a walking tour. Show, like the blouse is open. This is why she won an Oscar because she showed her. She had a <laughs> revealing dress. She didn't win the Oscar. She didn't win the Oscar? No. Uh, her acting is so bad. Look at that nice crying, though. That's pretty good acting. 
she was there at the Oscars night. I remember uh, they said to her, excuse me, can you move over a bit? <laughs> the, the winter is coming through. Oh, my. So, Bogart's been rejected, completely 100% rejected by his mother. Yeah. And he had like a brunch uh, reservation all set up. It's awkward. <laughs> now, Table for gonna, two? Yeah. They're going to go in and... His thug is gonna put on some music to cheer up his his his. Oh, but first you gotta get a toothpick. There was toothpicks on back back in the Bowery East East River. If you need a toothpick, just go in. <laughs> so it's a player piano. Yeah. Turn it off, see. Turn it off. So the only way he knows yeah. how to do it is to fucking kick it. My Sunday, Monday, happy days. Shut it off. Tuesday, <laughs> Wednesday, happy hitters. Now, the proprietor is going to remember that kick. He did not like that kick. No, those are expensive. I mean, that's probably for the 1800s. That's not a kicker piano, you know. Now look, you see, mark the bottle. Yeah, that means as one does. Yeah, if you pour it on your own behind my back, I'm gonna know. Why don't you just take the bottle and put it behind the bar? Right, right. I don't know. Right. See, he's got that toothpick going. Yeah. Shut up, yo. Uh, let's see who this thug is. Uh, Name's Alan Jenkins, and, and his nickname in this movie, his name in this movie is Hunk. Hunk. Huh? He's all ears. He died in 74. He's an American actor and singer, worked stage and film and television, born in Staten Island, 1900. Yeah. Member of wow. the so-called Irish Mafia, group of Irish-American actors, which included Spencer Tracy, James Cagney. Blah, blah, blah. Worked later as a voice character of Officer Charlie Dibble in the Hanna-Barbera TV cartoon Top Cat. Yeah. Oh, he's yeah. Officer Dibble, huh? And I'm Top Cat. I'm Arnold Stang. He worked with, like, Bogart and Arnold Stang. Yeah, that's all I got on this guy. Hello. Evening, Officer Dibble. Now, evening, Top Cat. Now, now Top Cat, you're not doing some really weird, boring hijinks, are you? Yeah, uh, well, Officer Dribble, it would be even easier. They've beaten the guy up. They've stole his jacket. They've stole his watch. Yeah. I mean, he's all fucked up. Good times. Now, he's got a couple bucks, so he's like, "Say, sister, I have a quick. Well, maybe uh, I can buy you something nice. Would you like a soda?" And she's like, "With what money? What have you been doing?" Why are your pants? I wasn't doing nothing. I was just I was thinking just... how hot you look. And a soda would do just the trick. They're going swimming. That's why their pants are. Oh, right. I got you. This is just not today's movie. I mean, they're smoking cigarettes, beating up kids, getting undressed. This movie does, I mean, it's it's really to their detriment that they didn't shoot on, uh, on site because it's a play. Uh -huh. And it's a movie version of a play. And sometimes right. they feel like plays and sometimes that works, you know. Yeah. But it's like you want to – it's so strange that it became this 
based on real life. It's based on suffering, right? Based on the poor New yeah. York City. Yeah. It became a play and a hit. Then it became a movie. And then the characters in the movie became one acting entity that appeared in six other movies, five other movies. Right. And then they spawned a, a series of like B films. Yes. Where it was more and more like years. just. Yeah. Like, is there something to equivalent of that? Was there like a Catfish? Maybe the there was Catfish was originally a documentary, and then it became that MTV uh, show. I don't know Catfish. Isn't that huh. crazy? Well, I'm trying to think. Like, was there something that was like serious documentary that just turned into like a slapstick? Hmm. Good question. Um. Uh, I know I'll find an example. Yeah. She's a really good actress in this, by the way. Um, she, she deserved that Oscar she won. Well, she didn't win an Oscar once again. Uh, it's just this woman who has a one scene. It hasn't come up yet? No. She became an actress at... Right, it hasn't come up yet. She became an actress at 15 years old as a way of overcoming shyness. And her first film appearance was an extra in a D.W. Griffith film. Ooh. The Sorrows of Satan. You would definitely lose your shyness being an extra in a Cecil uh, <laughs> DML film. He was always playing girlfriends or sisters of a gangster. Gary Cooper's girlfriends, Spencer Tracy, Henry Fonda, you know, Harry Grant, just sisters and uh, girlfriends of gangsters. I never promised you a rose garden. She was in uh, Hitchcock's Sabotage. Huh. He was in Fury in 36 by Fritz Lang. Um, she was one of the highest paid actresses in the industry, earning 10 grand a week. $80,000 she got for sabotage with uh, Alfred Hitchcock. Was she the one who was top billed and they had to recall the film and put Bogart's name in it? No. I thought I'd say that. Yes. She, yes, she was? Well, I don't know what she, I'm not sure exactly what you asked, but when this film came out, her name was on the top. Right. And for some reason, that wasn't cool with Bogart. So in the next releases, Bogart's name got put up front, and that's what we were seeing here. Oh, no, Richie Rich is sad. Yeah, he's super sad, and he's he's all beat up. There they are. Don't go into that club. <laughs> Chasing pigeons. You going to spank him? Now. Someone's caught, and his name is Tommy, okay? And Tommy is the brother of uh, our our hero, uh, our heroine, Drina. Gotcha. Right? So, let me go, let me go, and he's not going to let him go. Here's your watch back. Of course, the father wants justice. He wants the kid arrested. Yeah. And, but now here's the sister. She's doing her thing. Oh, and there's yes, James. Who was Mars? Uh, Mars attacks. She was. Um, she raised pug dogs as show dogs. Look, he just got stabbed in the arm by a right. nun that Milty gave him, and that's going to be. That's going to oh. be reform school strong. Oh, here we go. He published two books on the art of needlepoint. <laughs> who did? The, the actress? Yes. She was, well, she was doing needlepoint. As show dogs. She was a good, she had a good life. She was doing needlepoint in this movie. Remember she was sticking her yeah. head out the window? Yep. Yeah. Top of the morning, Carl. 
<laughs> Top of the morning. Why, will you two shut up? Just meet downstairs. Now, the cop is being told, you go get that fucking kid. And the cop's not being a jerk about it, but he's like, yeah, right. I'm going to spend my time. But then he's going to find out that this is the brother of a judge. Uh, and for his own career, he better go find that kid. Is he going to wave his brother's name around? No, uh, the doorman is. Here, turn it on now. Turn it on. So that little indication uh, is like, oh, you better fucking fix this. Now what's the kid's name? Where does he live? I don't know. Listen, you Liar, you said it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Shay. I was talking about your mother. Your mother. Look at that. You know, this uh, Dave Connell, he's been in our stuff. I mean, he's this is the third one. He's a, like a friend to the... The most dangerous game is a kick-ass movie, and he was yeah. kick-ass in it. So, yeah, he, he definitely... Uh, he was in Foreign Correspondent, you know, Alfred Hitchcock. A lot of Hitchcock movies brought up. Well, yeah. Oh, he was in Barbary Coast. Um, oh. He was in Sullivan's Travels, which is not Gullivan's Travels. No, I've seen Sullivan's Travels. That's Preston Surge. Uh, the French say are a funny race. Yes, Preston Surge's comedy classic. Oh, the oh, French are a funny race, right. Hey, um, I'm Humphrey Bogart. Stop walking. Look, they're, they're facing face to face. But his, his, his um, face is different, and that's why he can safely talk to a cop. Right. He's nervous. Oh, because he's still wearing the same clothes? They always, he did another movie called Dark Passage where he was like, he got a face change and no one uh, recognized him. And it looked like he, you know, he turned out to be Bogart. Oh, it was a famous movie because it had like a first person view of him. Listen, I just want to go on record again. We saw that movie Man with Bogart's Face and it was yeah. a comedy. I got just, I just got to say, and uh -huh. that guy did a lot of like stage work in which he did a comedy. It was the wrong thing to do. It was the wrong way to go. What they should have done was continue making this style Humphrey Bogart movie. They should have made other Maltese Falcons and Casablancas with that guy being a serious actor. And all the older people who were in those films right. had parts in it. Absolutely. You've seen Dead Man Don't Wear Plaid, right? Yes, yes. That's a great example. Yeah. That kind of a film. Of course, that was a comedy, but... It was a, it was a comedy that took clips from movies from the 40s and, and interspersed it in the film. So they would have Humphrey Bogart from another film on the phone. Yeah, it was can't Martin you see, responded. like, Humphrey Bogart, you know, the man with Bogart's face doing that role? You know, you know I, have you seen the movie on uh, Pornhub, The Man with Humphrey Bogart's uh, Dick? No, not even worth it. Not even worth it. Couldn't do it. <laughs> you can't prove it, right? We never right. saw it. We never saw um, it. Listen, man, I took spent a lot of time exhuming this penis. <laughs> exhuming. All right, hunk. Hatch. Is plug. there any DNA left? Can we get a penis sample? So, now... Here comes Francie, okay? Right. Now, Francie is a prostitute, and she has syphilis. But oh, can't say that. There was all sorts of censorship. In the uh, movie, she's like, act two, syphilis well, they just rises. Say she's sick. 
But the thing is, if it was 1937 and you're in the audience watching this, you did know what she was sick from. You know, you knew right. the movie couldn't say it. And they never say what's her job that got her syphilis, but. Well, they play that. Have you happy? Win an Oscar for this. Oh, this scene. When they play, what do you got? I'll give you a hint. If you're happy and you know it, clap your hands. Clap, clap. You got the clap? <laughs> we saw another, I was going to say there was another actor in this that we've seen. Oh, so uh, Richard, uh, who's that guy? You know who I'm talking about. No. From from Greengrass, the, the golly goes. Well, uh, Richard goes uh, the... Uh... Golly goat. <laughs> Richard Burton. Yeah, Richard Burton. Right. He grows the golly goat. <laughs> yeah, he was a great golly goat. It's just, a, it's not a malprofrism. You're just a kook. It's go uh, go gadget. So, anyway, he was, Lauren Bacall was uh, in a documentary in 1963 about Richard Burton. Uh -huh. And she was saying that young Richard Burton came to our table and Bogey took a liking to him, and they were good drinking buddies together. <laughs> because she, she, she outlived him. to him. Yeah. Well, it was a great romance. I mean, it was a great romance. They made great movies together, and she always spoke fondly of him and, like, gave very classy interviews, like, talking about his memory and stuff like that. But Well, he that was one... 44 years old, and he met Lauren Bacall when she was 19. They were filming to have or to have not in 44. 19 years old, and he was 44. I guess uh, it was the more the former than the latter to have or have not. Ah. So they would go on to do Dark Passage and Key Largo as yep. Mary. Okay, why don't you listen for a second? I'm having a dream. I've been 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 having a now he's going to be mad. Like, why did you become a prostitute? And she's like, what are you talking about? Why did you go into crime? We both did what was available to us. Why don't you? Why don't you? There you go. So there's no dead end kids. No, but really, why didn't you? Like, because you do kidnappings and rob banks. That means, I mean, this is, they're both crimes. And what's available? Nobody's going to pay to sleep with you, Bogart. Right, that's true. So he's gonna he's gonna give her some money and send her on her way, but he is really not interested anymore. And she's like, "Give me a kiss for old times' sake," and it hurts yeah, her uh -uh. feelings. This is maybe yeah. why she won. Go ahead, listen. This is maybe why she won an Oscar. Could you spare another twenty bucks? I got it. Damn. Okay, now you forget it. I was done. All right, all right, beat it. Damn. Yeah. One more thing. Yeah, uh, just one more thing. thing. Columbo. For all time's sake, will you do me a favor? 20 bucks. Please. Will you kiss me here? 
Just for old time's sake. Use this dental dam. Oh, she cheated. Use your dental dam. Goldfish. Now, they would go and be in two other films together. They would be in Key Largo together. And this film, I don't know. The Amazing Dr. Clitterhouse. What? Yeah. No, I'm familiar with the Pornhub one. Uh, oh, yeah. Dr. Clitoris. But this is The Amazing Dr. Clitterhouse <laughs> in 1938. Clitterhouse? I don't know. I don't think we can't locate it. Get it? Because the word clit. <laughs> I can't find it. Now, this film was highly censored, that scene that won an Oscar. Um, but also, okay, Breen requested that the line, all cats look alike in the dark, be deleted. That was about a rich girl versus a poor girl. He goes, all cats look alike in the dark. All cats. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Um, I got to call you don't have to spell it out. <laughs> son of a bitch and go to hell were, tra were made to trail off. You son of a... Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Mm. yeah, well, you could... My... Mm. That was before and after. Um, the word bum should not be used in British prints for the film. That word in British was slang for posterior. No Bronx cheer should be used. The character right. spit should not be actually shown spitting... There should be no scenes of this character stepping on cockroaches uh -huh. and spilled garbage. Um, they didn't name him Spit in this. So they go, hey, you're Spit. So they do get to say Spit, but they just don't spit. Right. Just don't actually spit. What is this like? A, oh, look at the breadsticks, Carl. <laughs> it's it's an Italian place. It's He, he got pizza. I mean, you know. Really? In the yeah, earlier he said we'll have two pizzas. Because you know New York City has the best pizza. We know we got it. You're, yeah, you're we back. got it already. All right. Come on now, look, you are part of our heritage. You are from here, and you should have pride in Jersey pizza. Carl, I got, I had a last time I had a chance to go to New Jersey. It was we had a great time. It was uh, it was a guest of yours, and you took me to White Castle, which I hadn't had. And I ate so much White Castle. Yeah. And then you pulled up to Mr. Dino's Pizzeria in Watchung Plaza right. in Montclair. And you're like, let's get pizza. And I was stuffed. I couldn't eat. And you're like, have a bite. And I took one bite. And I just everything rushed back. It was like really intense. Like it yeah. was really good pizza. And then also the guy behind the counter was looking at me. So he probably re remembered who I was. You think so? From high school, maybe. I remember there's that guy who answered the phone, Dino, Dino. One time, <laughs> me and Tom were in there eating our pizza like little dumb dicks, freshmen in high school or whatever. Right. The phone rings, and then we both went, Dino. Right, and he looked at us so mad because he was about to pick up the phone and go, Dino. So we did it. <laughs> he looked at us so mad, and he goes, kick himself, and he goes, Dino. <laughs> like he had to, like on purpose. Dino. He killed Dino. his. You killed his buzz. Yeah, we really we fucked with him, and we didn't mean to. Now, this Joel McRae, who we know from Dangerous Game and Come and Get It, yeah, he was having a hard time working with Bogart once. Um, they were on some rooftop scene, and they're talking. So the directors keeps doing new takes, new takes, and he goes, "Okay, okay, let's take five. And he pulled him aside and goes, what's going on with you? Why can't you deliver your lines right? Why can't you? And he goes, well, I didn't want to admit this, and I was just trying to live with it, but 
Humphrey Bogart spitting on me. When Humphrey Bogart was saying his lines, little little things of spit would get in his cheeks nice. and his eye. It was fucking with him. That explains his later acting style when he would talk to the ground. <laughs> they was thanked afterwards. Uh, Claire Trevor, Babyface's old girlfriend, American actress. She died in 2000. 65 films wow. between 33 and 82. Winning the Academy Award for Best Supporting Actress for her role in Key Largo. And she received a nomination. She didn't win for Dead End. Um, have, have you seen Key Largo? Yes, in my life. I don't remember it well. Do you, do you recommend it? Yeah, I mean, it's a strange film. It's a, definitely a classic, and like people love it. But it's just this idea of like, a, there's bank robbers, and they have to hold out, and they they find a boat in Key Largo, but there's a storm happening, so everyone is stuck. So they're they have hostages. I didn't see it. And it's you, you see it in other movies, like you know where where bank robberies go wrong because of a natural disaster. There was there was mm. a I think a Christian Slater movie like it. I remember yeah. this one bank robber movie. It was a um, uh, Woody Allen movie, and it was really before I knew I shouldn't like Woody Allen or I bumped into a lot of dumb, awful films. It was back when it would, um, was. Was it Take the, the Money and Run? Shot in San Francisco? No. Um, this is a more. This was later in his career. Tracy Ullman was in it. And, oh, sure. Sure. Yeah. I know the film you're talking about. So they were. They were going to rob a bank, um, and they were faking some woman with uh, – I think Tom Hanks was – no, no, no. I'm thinking of a different film. Anyway, um, that was all the commercials. When you went to see the film, that was like about the first 15 minutes of the film, and the the rest of it was this whole different movie. I thought it was oh, a did... bank heist movie. Yeah. Tricked you. Woody tricked you. Yeah, he did, and it was fun how he tricked me. I did see from Dust to Dawn, going from Woody Allen to from Dust to Dawn to Texas Blood Money, but it was the same premise as, you know, the vampires from, from Dust to Dawn bites a bank robber. So they're robbing a bank and suddenly they turn into vampires and they like, it's vampire bank robbers versus human bank robbers versus <laughs> sheriff. Okay. Tommy has now run away. Tommy is wanted. The cops are after him. He stabbed a guy in the hand. He's taking the rap somehow for beating up the kid alone. Um, I'm not sure exactly how that happened, even though I've seen this film several times. Um, he doesn't snitch. No, he doesn't snitch, but he doesn't have an opportunity to snitch. He's run away. Uh, later, Spit will snitch on him, believe it or not. Son of a bitch. And they'll have a fight about it. But anyway, they're trying to figure out what to do now, like run away and... Um, you know, I'll come with you and go ahead and listen a minute if you'd like. Sure. I, I got plans. Maybe you'd be nice. You know that won't do any good. Lock me up on 21. That'll be fine, too. No, I won't let that happen. I won't let him touch it. I'm going with you. We'll get out of here. We'll go someplace together. Imagine you could do that. You get the gist of the scene from that little sound bite. It's the pressure of... Don't you get it? It's a dead end. It's more like a cul-de-sac. There's houses surrounding it. It's you a know, dead end. It's like a womb. Yeah, Life a comes out of it. It's not really a dead end. Cul-de-sac is a dead end. And, you know, it's not a cul-de-sac where you can turn around. It's it's a road that ends in the water. 
It's not a thorough street. Didn't you see the sign? Thoroughfare. Thoroughfare. Yeah, yeah that makes this just said the word dead. It was a very thorough street. Well, instead of saying dead end, it would be a different phrase. Now look, he goes, he's like Dina Trina uh, Dina, whatever her name is, and she shuts the right? Oh yeah. It finally windows closed. The windows must window must have crashed. Windows must have crashed. Yeah, now the thing is. He saw the disgust of the rich girlfriend, uh, and he's like, "This is not for me. I want to be with." Uh, God damn it! Her name's not fucking Dina. It is Drina. Drina. She. He wants to be with Drina, but she thinks that he wants to be with the rich girl. I don't know. It's yeah. Two shots. This this Italian restaurant's open six in the morning and it closes one in the morning. Wow. According to the signage. Okay, so he goes home for four hours. <laughs> Jeez, I fucking ate that restaurant. Ah, call it a day. Nap. Power naps for four hours. Yeah. I hate my job. Okay. You wake so, up in the cot. <laughs> so Babyface has come all the way from Colorado with plastic surgery to see his old girlfriend and to see his mom. But no oh. one else figures it out. Both of whom, well, he's got plastic surgery. Only Dave's figured it out. Both of whom he loves. However, he got smacked in the face twice. Mom says, fuck off. And right. the girlfriend says, fuck off. Right, so I now ask her. it's time for him to head back west. But to the, sh the thug's chagrin, they're noticing how much the parents care about that kid who got beat up. They're going to kidnap the kid. Kidnap the rich kid or the or right. Donnie? Kidnap the rich kid and, you know, charge five grand or whatever is a lot sure of money. To pay out the legal fee. It's like, are you crazy? Let's get out of here. Too many people know who you are anyway. You, your mom knows. The girlfriend knows. Dave knows. Let's get going. It's like, I came here for something. I didn't get it. I'm going to at least get the money. I'm going to leave with the money. I'll leave with five grand for kidnapping a kid? Well, I mean, he's got all this money from, like, bank robbery and stuff. And kidnapping. But I, I just said that. We mostly right. heard about him murdering men and bank robbing. I just assumed that because he's so hyped to kidnap. Okay, now, we are about to launch into Act 3. Dave's wow. like, I told you to get the fuck out of here. Get out of here and get out quick. Get a friend with you. Now, Dave makes a dumb move. He's like, all right, if you won't leave, then I'm going to the cops. Why would he tell him that? Oh, yeah, that's true. You think he should have just said, oh, yeah, okay. Uh, all right, fair enough. Well, I'll see you. Uh, yeah, I'll walk this way. Oh, I got Dave. stabs him. He sta oh, that is brutal, dude. And that's the end of Dave. And that's the reason why I don't drink out of that river. <laughs> human excrement and uh, damn it it's adult swim and they're swimming with their faces in the water now they're seeing that nobody really caught them nobody caught on nobody this heard that asshole. hey they're still looking for that kid. this place is really happening Oh yeah, there it is. 
The rich Hoi uh, Poloi is like... Yeah, but... It ain't that a trip? They're looking down at us. Yeah. What do you say it, up there? I saw you. His, bro his brother's the judge. I like to tell that to strangers. <laughs> or cops. Well, no, that was he was telling the cop, you better find. Oh, Dave's not dead. Oh, yay. The most dangerous game can't be killed. Match. Yeah, the most dangerous game. It's mad. It's Joe McCray. Oh, Ooh, nice shot. Cops would do that back then. The Billy, yeah, throw me up the wall. I'm trying to sleep. Did you see how the nightstick was would was rubbing against the bars? Yeah. Back in the old day, cops would do that to let you know in your house, listening to the radio or whatever. A you know, they're out here patrolling the streets. Blackout. We don't want the Japanese to see that your lights are on. Now, Humphrey Bogart got the part, but they Samuel Goldwyn wanted James Cagney. Would have made a difference. This movie is kind of a weird curio, but it helps having Humphrey Bogart. Bogart only got it after this other guy refused. George Raft? I don't know yeah. him. You know him. Okay. Yeah, sure. Graft. Old Grafty. Yeah. Old Grafty. Now... Uh, Bogart was on loan from Warner Brothers, and Warner Brothers didn't want to give it to Sam Goldwyn until he said that Warner Brothers could borrow Marion Hopkins. It was a studio. It was a studio time, right? Like yeah. the, the actors were under contract, so you couldn't really just do a uh, Netflix film and then go do a Hulu film. You had to do one or the other. Right. Exactly. It had. You were contracted. Now we're going to have a fight with the thug in which he's going to win. You see how Bogart is getting into this little room. Yeah. Oh, here's it. The film contains scenes with the young, uncredited, uncredited Sidney Hibrick, who is best remembered for his portrayal of Wyme in the, the sidekick of the neighborhood bully Butch in The Little Rascals. That's what. Oh, all right. The Little Rascals. He's a, so he's a friend of Butch. Yes. And he was cute as hell, too. And, you know, Here I saw... Um, an early gangster role for Humphrey Bogart was built on the success of his performance in The Petrified Forest, 1936. There he is. He's on the roof. Yeah, but this isn't the spitting scene. This will be a runaway scene. So the neighborhood's all awake now. They hear the guns. Have you seen the cassette. Have you seen the gangster? Gangster's on the roof. Oh, why don't you just tell me he died? You don't have to pretend he's on the roof. <laughs> uh, I need more billy clubs. There's the old water silo. Kisses a fire. Bang! Bang! Oh! I'm pretending I was shot. In this film, they don't even pretend with blood or anything. No, there's no blood. Like, the suit's yeah. still impeccable. They just... Ow! Fuck that hurt. Yeah, there's no, uh, there's nothing underneath there. Now look, he's not hey. dead. Bang! He shot the cop. No, he shot. Yep. Yep. Now he's getting shot with a lot of smoke. There's mom. Right. And they won't know it's babyface until mom starts crying. Oh, and they said, "Oh, it must be a face change." 
guy has two ties. Bogart was in two other films with the Dead End Kids, Crime School in 38, and Angels with Dirty Faces in 38. Angels with Dirty Faces. That's a classic-sounding name. They also did two movies with Bella Lugosi that people always liked. Uh-huh. Now, the mom, you know, Dave hears the mom, and it hurts his feelings. There was a SCTV sketch. They had Robin Williams on, and they were all the, the Bowery boys. And one of them got a job. And so Martin Short and Robin Williams, they go over and it's a gay bar. He's working as a bartender. They're like, oh, I don't know. What... Saturday Night Live, not SCTV. No, this is SCTV. They had Robin Williams on it. With Martin Short? Martin Short was on SCTV first. Right, right, yeah. And then they brought all his hilarious characters to SCTV. Okay. Uh, to, to Saturday Night Live. Gotcha. SNL. So they're like, we caught Babyface Martin. And there's big reward money. So Dave will get the reward money. We come in, police station. We got Babyface Martin. Yes, this is the police station. Yes, we got. Yes, if you like to talk to the police station, please talk on this phone. Yes. (laughs) Now, the director did a movie called The Best Years of Our Lives in 46. Now, what was the Lou Costello film? Oh, A Time of Their Lives. Oh, okay, so do you think it was written to bite off of the best years of our lives? No, I think they're all based on sheet music they were selling of songs. Okay, that were, you okay. know. All right, pick them up. This oh, this scene. kind of got his start because he was the cousin of a guy who founded Universal Pictures. Next thing you know, he's directing. He really... This scene, they really are stretching it out. Well, we're getting a lot of information. Like, we're learning about... Um... I mean, they're using a stretcher. Oh, I see. Stretch. <laughs> Never mind. So, you can see that he's unaffected by the reward money. He doesn't give a damn about that. It's just kind of freaked out. Now, they're going to try to find the boy, um, um, Tommy. And it's going to be Spit who rafts him out because... I don't know. They threaten him like, you beat up that kid. We'll listen to it when it comes. And um, and TB is going to over... No, Milty. Milty will overhear him ratting him out. Milty was the new kid. Give me my three cents back. Oh, right. So he holds a beef. If they'd just given him three cents, they would have been in the clear. No, I don't think it's that. I don't think it's that. Oh, yeah. you know, my brother is a judge. <laughs> judge Dredd? <laughs> judge Mend? <laughs> now, look, he's taking that ring. Yeah. Why? Why? Look at that cash. Taking the money? That's look. like for evidence, but why take the ring? Yeah, that's true. Well, I mean, someone might take it. They should take the body while they're at it. <laughs> okay, now we'll, let's let's turn it on. Turn it on. Okay. He is a rat. Here we go. I want to, I'm looking for Archie with the jug head. <laughs> 
Oh, uh, look, they're overhearing it. Extra, extra. Raven. Oh, he's not the dickhead. The Dorman's a dickhead. Putting him in that situation. Well, I mean, they did. All right. See, you're not wrong, but it's like the doorman has loyalties to his employer, but you're still That's not true. wrong. Like, why should he really care? I mean, he is on the job at this second. Okay, more pressure. What are we going to do? Uh, I don't know. Uh, I don't want to leave the set. <laughs> Yeah, that's right. In the play, it's like, you can't hide. We just set up the scene. It's like the Truman Show. There is no off-camera. There is yeah. no off-set. We don't know what's out there. Great movie. So he's going to go hide while she prepares to run away, and then she'll go find him, and they'll run away together. Cops coming. There we go. Evening, officer. No, there's a kid named uh, Ami Orden. No, same kid. Then why are you so stressed out? No, I'm acting. The director insists I look stressed because I'm stressed in this part. I mean, the, the apartments look realistic, I guess. Pose. It's not like the friend's apartment. <laughs> no, well, they're trying to do a tenement, right? Right. Wow, everybody's come out in the street. What a night. Lots of gunshots and baby face. Nelson if, got killed. Baby you're looking for a tailor or a hand clean laundry officer? Come over here to Alfonso's. Uh, 0440. Hey, what's so important about getting a front kid? Ain't so important to you, but it may be to me. Judge Griswold's got a brother. What's that? Ah, uh, see, the system's against them. Yeah. So Tommy, he's heard it all now, and he knows he's in triple trouble. And they even know, you know, they know where he lives. They know his name. Now she will. She's all packed up, right? She put away the suitcase so you wouldn't. It wouldn't be obvious, but she's got to find Tommy, and then they're going to get going. So where's Tommy? Oh, and all the cops are there, and all the gossip. Listen, there all the yentas are out. Neighborhood well, everybody came out. There was a big shooting. Yeah. Excitement. Oh, saving a haircut, two bits. Oh, <laughs> uh, there's the old peanut dispenser. Not a lot of time for you on the vaudeville show tonight, Frank. Just two bits. Right. Okay, there he is above the gang. Right. He's checking everything out. They now, killed and burned a newsy to get that paper. They're looking in the paper, and they're going to have the story wrong, and they're going to be shocked. The newspaper's never wrong. The truth is he just assumed all his life. That the newspaper covered the truth. Right. You telling me that there's nobody named Ziggy? There's not a big face guy with a long nose and a dog? These newspapers lie to me. Wait, what do you, you mean, mean Gar Ziggy cartoon? Yeah. 
you should do like uh like nancy uh you should do like their era oh their sluggo yeah. and nancy <laughs> you you know. little abner ain't real right 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 he yeah. lives in dog pads you telling me wow, there's no can... bachelor named dagwood who fell in love with a girl named blondie is that what you're trying to tell me Dippy was my favorite in this, even though Spit gets all the credit. Yeah, you know, he's the glue. There he is, there he is. Oh my god. He was in World War II in 1943, and he was in like a U.S. training film, a U U.S. Navy training film called Don't Kill Your Friends. So I immediately went to YouTube to find it, and I found yeah. it. It is, I mean, it's really doing safety about your, about your your airplane. There's, hi, so, I'm Stinky from the Bowery yeah. Boys. There's nothing friendly when it comes to friendly fire. <laughs> That's right. He was there you go. I can't say that out loud. I he, said that out loud, girl. I'm dude. That's that's young Mike. Let's. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, Hall was arrested for possession of marijuana in '48. Trial held wow. in 49, but he had a hung jury. Um, Horace Debauchy, which is Satch Jones, yeah. in 48 of the Bowery Boys films, uh, with his longtime partner, Leo Gorsi, who left the series in 56. Um, 56? This is 37 right here. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't know. He was on the cover of Sgt. Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band. Oh, that's cool. That's right. Now, the thing is, they wanted Leo Gorski, but Leo Gorski wanted money. They're like, all right, fuck you. We'll do, we'll do Satch then. The good thing about the Bowery Boys is that it's plural. We'll find another Bowery Boy. Oh, this guy's a jerk. The only thing interesting is he co-starred in a, a, a pilot with Jamie Farr. It was a CBS situation comedy called The Chicago Teddy Bears. Ever hear oh, of I love it. I, I can imagine what it is. Do, do. I was a model who, uh, oh no, that's Moonlighting, never mind. All right, here we go. Let's Climb on down. Leo Gorski's... <clears throat> Vinay's California. He... Leo Gorski, an appearance on a television commercial for Pontiac in 69. Um... That's a good role. May 39, Gros Gorski married 15-year-old dancer Kay Marvis, appeared in four of his monogram movies. They divorced in 44, and Marvis married Groucho Marx. Weird. Yeah. I can't find it. I, I think it's Gorski who was in the Sgt. Pepper, and he wanted money. They said, forget it. Now, wasn't the other Bowery Boy in that album cover like smack dab in the middle, like in the back, in the center, kind of? You know, I'm a Beatles fan, but I never like dove into who's on this cover. I sure. mean, when I look at, I see a crowd surrounding a bass drum. When I look well, at you that. went you went crazy researching the cover for the White Album. They had to lock you up. <laughs> you burned your journals. Okay, so now he he um Tommy. Is um wait his name's not Angel. He's talking to Angel, saying that he suspects that Leo turned him in. 
Um, so I want you to like set him up and say the guy was going to give $5 to the guy who turned in Tommy. And that Leo will, of course, go, man, what do you say? What? You know. Yeah, it was me. And it'll out him. And then they'll have a big fight. So he can't afford a sling? Or I don't know. He got stabbed. Uh, remember Bogart? I thought he hit him in the back. Here's the breakup. We're going to have a breakup now. Oh, no. He's like, scram, angel. Oh, he's th he's breaking up with her. Look at him looking at Angel. Yeah. Gee, mister, where are you going with that? Oh, I got you. Yeah, well, you'll understand when you're older. Now, look, this is a movie set, okay? It's the London Bridge. <laughs> no. Oh, it's all this New York City. Let me just think for a second. It's around, um, it's the Queensborough Bridge. It's, today it's Mayor Koch. Well, we discussed this before. Back in thirty-seven, there was no George Washington Bridge. There was only King Charles the Third Bridge. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. That's, I think I said the the Buster Keaton one. Yeah, I think so. And I tried to follow up with the GW. You told me like when George Bush. That's how old we are. When George Bush uh, Jr. was in office. You go, oh, they already named the bridge after him in New York. I was like, really? What? You go, yeah, you, know <laughs> you, you got me good with that one. I'll wait for another president with the GW. I'm no good. I like to hang out in the piers. and I don't see. That's what I don't understand. Like. Why is he saying, like, we can't be together just because you were grossed out by cockroaches, you know? Of course. I mean, and she still wants to be with him. So what's well, his why... problem? You don't have to live with her cockroaches. Right, yeah, just stay in your apartment. But it might be that he wants to be with, uh, with uh, her name's not Darcy. Why do you keep looking her name up? Yeah, because I keep on forgetting her name. Drina. He wants to be oh, with Drina. Drina because Drina is a, um, a poor person like him, I guess. So like that's it. It's over. Oh, hey, what you got cooking? Couple boards? They're just burning. Mind if I throw it on this? Burning fire. There must be some store like, who the fuck broke my wood? Took my boxes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, maybe it's garbage. The UPS store next okay. door. There's Tommy, right? He's still. Oh, he's going to overhear it over the fire. Oh, they got a lot of point. What do you say, Satch? What do you say? How many times did I tell you kids to get, get out of here? Stop burning shit outside of the apartment. He goes, how many times did I tell you kids to get out of here? And then Spit goes, we just left. It doesn't make sense. I got five hours of sleep before. Four hours of sleep, and then I got to go back to the goddamn Italian restaurant. Here, turn it up now, because we're going to overhear. We'll find out that he snitched. He was looking for you. For me? Yeah. Yeah. He was going to give you five bucks. I think it was five bucks. The snitching on who done it. Yeah, where is he? Which way did he go? He knows where John Tommy is. What's that to you? Uh, and you? 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. There you go, big punch. Yeah. Yeah, that's for stitching. Tackled. This Finally, is some fighting. This is like every minute of the other movies. Smack! Knife! Oh no, was it? Oh no. no, not the nip. Well, it's called the mark of the squealer, and we learned it earlier. It's a little line you do from your cheek to the edge of your lip. It's called the mark of the squealer. We found another kid with it. There was a rival gang. So now Dave is the voice of reason. Right. Don't do this. Ah, oh, gee whiz. I'm, not only am I not going to do this, I'm going to give myself into the authority. And I don't understand why he does it. Yeah, have you seen Tommy? Yeah, I saw Tommy. He was about to cut yeah. my face. A little brat of yours. Just because like, I'm a snitch. Yeah. My point every time you get in trouble, he's young and pretty and decent. You ought to have something, too. Oh, you've been saying talking you? nice oh, about her behind her back. You old working for you? I've seen you before that. Pretty damning. The one of them today. Start out with knives and end up with guns. You're saying if you go into reform school, you'll definitely be a criminal. You'll become a criminal. Oh, they could teach you to be a criminal? No, yeah. you're missing the point. It's like college of uh, crime. Yeah, at the school of hard knocks, shall we? I don't know why he decides that he's going to give himself up because he can easily, I don't know, he's just going to go to reform school. After that talk that Dave just gave him, Right now, he's saying, maybe they'll let me go. No, here we go. Here the cops crashing down. Oh, is that too much grow? Oh, groceries. Something tells me I should have researched this cop. His face looks familiar. And it's not because I saw this movie a bunch of times. I want to hear the... Wait, I'll call Mr. Griswold. Now, you hold him here. Do you hear me? Don't you tell me what to do. You expect him... Oh, all right there. Oh, please, please. We want to be around for the next five movies. <laughs> none of the kids are like, well, we also beat the shit out of them. No, none of the other kids are like that. Now, here's the dad, and he will unrelentlessly insist that this kid be thrown in jail. They will appeal to him left and appeal to him right and right. Do different, come at him in different angles and He'll have none of it. He's always ready to say, My brother is a judge. No, he's like, he's like, if you don't address this, he's free to hurt somebody and even kill somebody. Yes, he made a mistake. He made a mistake. He goes, I have a half inch deep cut in my hand. You're calling that a mistake. Being sorry won't make this better. Sending him to reform school will. Oh, he's really fucked. Yeah, and he was the one. They'll take him from the gutter and give him a useful trade. Uh-huh. Taught him a useful trade, didn't it? We'll teach this kid one, too. That will be up to him. There's nothing else I can do. There's everything you can do. No, the zoo's closing, and he has to go back to his fellow penguins. There's nothing else I can zoo. There's nothing else I can zoom. Like, leave... 
Oh, he's got a cut on his face. You no, think he was a squid? Reminding him. Okay, he cut me. That's bad. But today he beat the shit out of my son for no good reason. And he's not wrong about that. No, is it the dad's uh, calling it? The thing is, we know Tommy personally, and he did do that, but. <laughs> You, he can promise never to do it again. I don't know. Yeah. Oh, way to go. Well, what did I say? Oh, I'm sorry. I was just saying when he gets out of reform school, I got a guy who sells cigarettes on the side. Now, his name in the film is TB, and he has tuberculosis. tuberculosis. Yeah! Now, he's like, don't worry, we'll get him the best lawyer we 